Before we start, I would like to point out that yes, we are aware that this show contains depictions of same-sex attraction as a form of inclusivity. We won't be criticizing these aspects of the show because we believe that the show is not about that. Also, the relationships depicted in the show are fictional and between quite literally alien rocks. If you find that in any way wrong from us, you're welcome to not listen to this episode. In this podcast, we talk about experiences with pop culture and Steven Universe has been a very big part of that. All right. Welcome, muffins and cupcakes, to a colorfully baked, organized mess of topic, ideas, and conversations that we call the Rainbow Cupcake Podcast. I am your adorably sprinkle co-host, Mega Muffin. And I am your colorful host, Raymond. And today we have a new guest. Yes, from the Overthinkers Podcast. The editor, wonderful, amazing, Nathan. Cheeseburger Backpack! Hello, hello, my name is Nathan Shearer, and yes, like Ray just said, I'm the editor of Overthinkers, and at the end of the day, I'm just a soul whose intentions are good, and who really, really loves to talk about cartoons, so I'm excited to be here. That is awesome. We love talking about cartoons. I have to show Meg a lot of cartoons that she hasn't watched because she lives under a rock. And <laughs> when she said that she had never seen Steven Universe, I had to show her the entire show. Mm-hmm. And we sat down for the first year of our relationship to watch Steven Universe every single day. <laughs> I love it. That is was a commitment like, right there. Yes, if this relationship is going to work, you better know Steven Universe. Because <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it truly plays a very big part of my life. It was it was since I was 15. Yeah, from 15 to 21. So yep, from, that's, I think that's about the time span of the show. Literally growing up with this show. Uh, it started in 2014, and it ended, in I believe, in, in 2020. Uh, so... It's, it, it is a big part. It's like six years of my life almost right there. And, um, and it, as, it, as, it, as I grew up, the show grew up with me. And that's why I think that's why it's so impact, like, it's so impacting um, as the show kind of progressed with Steven Universe growing up from a kid to a young adult uh, with me. <laughs> It's that that's so really and that's a really cool thing about the show, uh, from from my perspective. But yeah, we, we have this amazing guest right here, and I, I Nathan, I, I would like I would like you to let us know a little bit about yourself, like um, like what are your hobbies? What what do you like to do besides, you know, editing the podcast? That I, the... <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. I'm very much a behind the scenes kind of guy. So like when it comes to my work life in general, it's either like video editing or helping uh, video productions like behind the camera, behind the scenes. So I'm very much like a help make things happen without actually being seen, which is very much what I do for overthinkers in general. And as far as my personal life goes, I'd say a lot of my hobbies and interests are just a lot of the typical nerdy things. So I've never really grown up at heart in the sense that I still continue to watch cartoons like religiously and like to talk talk deeply about them and overthink about cartoons so I'll watch like all the latest stuff or I'll continue to rewatch stuff that I loved to watch as a kid and of course into video games and anime I loved again just like spending all my time not only enjoying them but just enjoying overthinking about them and seeing what things about life I can draw about from them so Steven Universe is part like a very excellent example of that but there are so many other cartoons that like I've enjoyed growing up watching that I'm like, oh, wow, not only is this like a good show for me to enjoy on one level because it's made me laugh and like enjoy life, but it's also made me think more about life in general. I start looking at life through the perspective of these themes expressed by these shows in general. Exactly. I think that that's exactly how I see the cartoons and shows that I watch. It's kind of this, uh, how, how can this, how can this help me be a better human and how can it how can it help me understand other people better? Exactly. Let's, because because these shows are are from a perspective outside of of you know most of the time Hollywood and all these people are outside of the Christian perspective outside of the Christian faith. I really use cartoons and shows as a way to like really like understand how the world works and how the world sees things. You know, even mm-hmm. if 
people think some people think it is kind of silly but honestly cartoons nowadays they're not just like the the looney tunes you know they're mm-hmm. they're actually written with a lot of love and mm-hmm. passion empathy. and empathy yeah uh, there's a lot of beautiful things that are depicted in the show and in these shows and stuff so, yeah, at the end of the day, they're, they're honest. They're honest. And with that honesty, yeah. you're able to like see a lot about life and a lot about yourself as a person in general through that discourse you have with this honest piece of art. It, it, it really, it, sometimes it's so real that it kind of, but in a way that it doesn't hurt you, you know, because sometimes we look at the news and, and everything, it feels so polluted and so hurt. Like the world is so dark sometimes but when you watch these cartoons you see reality the reality of people um but in a in a different light you know mm-hmm. and it, it's kind of like this in this way like I, I really love that aspect of of creating these worlds where we can talk about subjects that happen in our real world without them feeling overwhelming it, it kind of feels like a microcosm that we can examine instead of something that is like overwhelming it, and, it, and it talks about racial things it talks about uh sexuality it talks about like things like trauma it talks about things uh, uh neurodiversities and stuff in, in a way where it's so awesome and that's why i like steven universe steven mm-hmm. universe is one of those examples you know because you had adventure time that created a costume of of actually telling a story that was goofy at first, but then it became really serious and impactful mm-hmm. and and meaningful and existential in, in some cases. And then that opened up the, the, the place for Steven Universe to come in and do the same thing with different topics and ideas. Uh, and, and and we we gotta talk about the show. So <laughs> mm-hmm. so um like I don't know if you're able to give us a little uh, a recap. Uh, we want to do like a little recap. Uh, we talk about it, Nathan and I. We talked about it of the whole show. So you guys, if you haven't watched the show, or you have watched the show but you you haven't watched it for a while, we want to do a little recap because we've been watching the show currently uh, to kind of jog our memories. Uh huh. So, so yeah, let, let's start this recap. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah, I can definitely do a recap really quick. And for anyone who, who's like listening to this and hasn't seen the show yet, spoiler warning, I guess. Like, we all, the three of us here, have seen through the show, so we're fine. But like, if you have not, maybe wait on that. But like, you've been warned. But here, um, I actually like wrote down a little synopsis ahead of time, so just so I don't get like sidetracked. So get, bear with me as I pull up my notes and try to find the summary I wrote. There we go. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> here we go. In the world of Steven Universe, there is a race called Gems, which are basically sentient rock creatures who project humanoid forms using magical gemstones at the core. Steven lives with three gems named Garment, Amethyst, and Pearl, who call themselves Crystal Gems. Steven is a half-human, half-gem, who was created when his mother, Rose Quartz, gave up her life to create him, leaving him with her gemstone and her mysterious powers. Steven spends his days going on adventures and having fun with the residents of Beat City, including his dad and best friend Connie. As Steven, go, as Steven does his best to go into his mysterious powers, it's eventually revealed that the Crystal Gems are actually fugitives from the Gem Planet, Gem Planet homeworld. Because to give context for that, thousands of years ago, ago, Rose Quartz, Steven's mom, led the Crystal Gems in rebellion against homeworld to defend Earth from invasion. In the process, Pink Diamond, one of the four diamond heads of homeworld, was killed, causing the other diamonds to retaliate by essentially nuking the Earth before leaving it alone. And this nuking of the Earth basically corrupted most of the gems that were left on Earth at the time, turning them into all the monsters and artifacts Stephen encounters on the show, especially in Season 1. So after, and after helping a gem that was sealed away on Earth due to the, world, due to the war, Stephen finds himself on the verge of another intergalactic invasion of Homeworld, as Homeworld returns his attention to his planet. So Stephen is now forced to face the consequences of his mom's arguably dubious actions, as he and the Earth are constantly threatened by all these gems looking for Rose Quartz, only to find Steven instead. However, thanks to Steven's good boy energy, thanks to his compassion and empathy, he realizes that many of the gems he meets, including the Crystal Gems themselves, are dealing with a lot of emotional baggage left behind by Rose and all of her actions. So he manages to resolve many of the threats that 
come his way by helping these gems manage that baggage. This is how he makes friends with um, enemy gems like Glavis Lazuli, Peridot, and Bismuth. And th but then, after Steven starts to deal with all these other threats that come to the Earth, like, say, the Geo-Weapon in Earth's core, or the rogue gem Jasper, Blue Diamond and Yellow Diamond start to get involved with Earth as they are still dealing with their grief over Rose killing Pink. However, it's and this is the big twist here, however, it's eventually revealed that Rose is Pink, having faked her own death as a diamond in order to live freely on Earth. So having learned that Steven's mom is actually a diamond, and therefore he is actually part diamond, Steven spends the rest of the series reconciling with the distraught diamonds and convincing these diamonds to fix the damage they've caused. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, uh, and then uh, the show was just done, suddenly. Yep. But they announced the movie! <laughs> and then the miniseries! It's like, what?! Uh, so, so the story is able to continue in this movie. Uh, so we skip two years into the future, um, where we find our, our, our Steven Universe uh, now as a teenager, 16-year-old Steven, uh, a young adult, according to uh, one of his mothers. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, he he finds himself talking to the diamonds. The diamonds are uh, very clingy because they uh, they find out you know that she's uh, he is actually pink, <laughs> but but he tells them no, I'm not really pink. I am her son, and they're like yeah, we know, but we still want you to be with us. We want to adore you. Yes, uh, <laughs> they, they break. Oh, by the way, this is a musical. This yes. <laughs> It's a musical, uh, so uh, they break into song, telling Stephen that they want to they want to keep him, they want to adore him in the palace, uh, right? And they they gave him his own mini throne. They have three like giant thrones, and he has a little mini throne. Um, but he's like, nah, I gotta I gotta go. I have I have like my mini home world on Earth, uh, and we find out that he like he he can teleport now from home world to Earth uh, directly. And that he has li liberated all the colonies. So we find out as well as that. That he has liberated all the colonies. So all the other gems are free now. Uh, and uh, the diamonds are still kind of iffy about it. They're, they're still kind of racist. And they're kinda <laughs> it's okay. They're, they're, they're just like doting grandmas now. It's all right, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Sure, they were killer dictators, <laughs> but the grandmas now. <laughs> so, so they, uh, Steven goes uh, to his actual family. Um, and he begins singing a song that explains the whole uh, show, basically. Uh, here we are that, in the future. Here we are in the future. It's really good. Here we are in the future. Uh, and then, uh, as that happens, uh, he comes across all his all the members of family. So Pearl, uh, Garnet, and Amethyst. Um, all together, they begin to sing about uh, their experiences, and basically, this builds up. Uh, the the theme of kind of like the memories that they have and and the experience and the maturity that they have gotten for throughout all this show and the two year gap and and now they are getting ready um, they um, Stephen has a friend named Connie and she's sent off to a space camp and uh, after that uh, Stephen is just chilling with his family, looking up at the sky, thinking, this is our happily ever after. And all of a sudden, boom, some <laughs> spaceship comes out of the sky you with a drill, it. and it just drills down into the Earth. And it's like, what's going on? A new challenger <laughs> approaches. Exactly. It's like this, this figure, this shadowy figure pops out, telling us how mad she is about Steven and whatever, and we don't understand what's going on. She's all mad about something, and Pearl is going like, what's going on? Who's, like, she's not supposed to be doing this, or whatever. And most worst thing she, of all, her theme song is a bop! Yes! Oh my goodness, yes. yes! Her song is incredible. Uh, other friends, and it tells us the fact that she believes that everybody knows who she is. But... Steven is like, who, who's this? <laughs> who's, who's this? And, and she goes like, off even more. Exactly. She gets pissed off and she's like, who am I? Like, I am the loser of the game. You didn't know you were playing. And oh. we were like, what? What game? What is going on? <laughs> and and, uh, and why are you moving she, like a 1930s cartoon character? Betty Boop would yeah. ever do this. Even the music sounds yeah. like the 1930s. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's kind of like a remix. It's, it's so good. Just, just listen to it again. Just watch the whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, 
she she brings a new weapon into the game as well. Such and a cool she, weapon. It is a really cool weapon. It's like a scythe, uh, holographic scythe, and she just lashes through our main trio of gems, and they just like brutal. It looks really brutal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like they they just the like they poofed, and they go back into their gems. And Steve Steven sees this, and he tries to fight her, but she slashes to him as well. But he has a physical form, so she's not able to buff him. Uh, but something happens, and um. Later, we find that what happens is that he can't really use his powers properly anymore. So he goes in uh, with the gems. He goes to his dad. Hey, dad, this this happened. Weird. I don't know what's going on. He 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 managed to use on 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 uh, the new character that we don't know, uh, and she poofed as well. So he defeated her for for a bit. Right. He gets all the gems, puts them all together. Dad, here I, I like something's going on. Uh, they come out, and it, the first one is Pearl, and she just talks like a robot. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> like, uh, she begins to say, like, uh, what's, like, what's my programming? What, who's my, who's, who's my... Hello, Upgrade Universe, how many serve you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, um, basically, she becomes attached to Upgrade Universe, which is the dad of Steven, and and then the Steven dad goes like, "What, uh, Greg? I don't understand what's going on." And she begins to explain it in a song, as every single other character begins to emerge from their gems. Uh, and we discover that all of them have lost their memories, and uh, how Peridot puts them, all their character development. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so like, uh, they lose all the character development, and then comes out. Spinel, your new best friend, uh, and she is the cutest thing you'll ever see in your life. Uh, she's so adorable, and she wants to help and have fun. I love and the little like, detail they added where like her feet squeak every single time she moves. That's adorable. Yes, and you're like, hold on, what is going on? Uh, we discover uh, Stephen goes to his other friends, um, the ones that uh, Nathan mentioned, uh, Lapis, Paradot, and Bismuth. And uh, the three of them help him find out that this weapon basically de-ages or sends back uh, people to their factory reset. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so it's kind of more like a, a more more confirmation that these gems were created, like their their technology. They were created by someone we don't know who, but, <laughs> but someone created them. Anyways, um, the gems are uh, are reset. And they need to piece together their memories, their experiences. That and that's what the whole kind of like the the movie's about is mm -hmm. trying to to get back their experiences and try to get their memories together. And Spinel gives it gives her that push of like maybe it's like a puzzle. If we put the pieces together, it, we'll see the full picture. And Steven goes like, "You're right. Let's do it." And you're like, Spinel, thank you for being an angel. <laughs> For now, erasing the memories of <laughs> exactly. <their> friends. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, Steven is kind of like held back by the fact that she's acting all nice after she was a, a, like super evil at the beginning. Uh, but basically, boom, they go. Uh, they are able to get back the memories of each character as the the movie progresses. Uh, Garnet gets her uh, some of her pieces, and she's able to to fuse again because she's two characters in one. She, she fuses once more um, and is, is able to have one of the pieces. She doesn't remember who she is still, but she got that. Um, then we go to, uh, I believe, Garnet, uh, Garnet, uh, sorry, Amethyst. Amethyst yes. mm -hmm. uh, remembers who she is mm -hmm. by a, a beautiful song. My favorite uh, song. Yes, no matter what. And it just makes me cry every time. Mm -hmm. uh, and they, she remembers who she is. Uh, we see, like, it's really cool. And then they both help Pearl remember who she is uh, with her independence and how she was enslaved. But now she's free and she should be free again. And that, like, kind of jugs her memory. And boom, she's back. And finally, at the end, we have Garnet, who remembers love. Love is her thing. She's back, baby. And um, she, she gets all her memories back. Um, but we also find out why uh, Spinel did what she did. Uh, Steven kind of, uh, after they um, 
they go to the gar- to the garden i think mm-hmm. uh where she was in uh she tells us the story of what actually happened and it it is heartbreaking oh, one of the things that broke me in pieces uh, away. yes uh it's one of my favorite songs as well it makes me cry every time and as much as uh, like okay let's continue uh, <laughs> and she gets her uh, memories back as she sings the song she gets her memory back of who she is she changes into the cute spinel to the depressed spinel <laughs> and um basically she decides to help steven because steven tells her you can be you can be part of our family mm-hmm. uh and and that you're you're found and basically that another song that's really good but uh <laughs> and uh, they go together to uh back to earth and she helps out she's able to stop the machine but uh steven again because he like he wants his happily ever after he doesn't phrase what he says really well uh and he kind of just celebrates a lot without including espinel and she feels left out again she's also just kind of been bitten once already so she's very shy and very uh, very suspicious as well so it's kind of a cocktail of like not great things love great things happening at once and then it leads to this explosion exactly so she um uh, she kind of basically has that little relapse of of evilness <laughs> in her as she goes like okay this is all fake you were lying to me you were manipulating me just like just like she did and it's like boom and uh back to the drilling the the earth begins to die <laughs> the earth begins to die because we find out that this what she brought is like poison mm-hmm. that's going to like destroy every single living thing on earth uh and everything begins to die and steven climbs up the drilling machine uh that becomes really big for some reason <laughs> i never understood that uh, <laughs> yeah like it really does change times throughout the movie but you don't, don't think about it don't worry about it uh he climbs it up he gets on top of it and uh he sings another song that uh, called change and is beautiful and um yeah he she 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 finds out that she's just taking out she's hurting other people uh just because she can't take it out on the person that actually hurt her because she's gone um and she's blaming everyone else and she sees this steven helps her realize that you know steven doesn't change her he he realized uh, she helps her realize that and and the the movie ends beautifully by like the diamonds coming down <laughs> the grandmas came back yeah and they're like steven come back with us but then they see spinel and they go like oh wow you're a thing you existed sorry we you we forgot about you for thousands of years that was wow. nothing you know thousands <laughs> of years ah. <laughs> like come come live with us in the palace there's a room waiting for you um and 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 she does and we resolve the um the movie by steven kissing the ground so it <laughs> heals uh he has to kiss a lot <laughs> <laughs> better stay hydrated yes uh and and the end, the the movie ends uh beautifully there and then we get the mini series mhm mhm uh you uh, you do better job <laughs> uh i can try hold on let me see if i can actually did i write notes about that let's see in a nutshell, for the for the miniseries, it's I won't get too in depth, but in a nutshell, it's uh, set after the movie, of course. So Stephen is um so is thriving on Earth. Everyone else is thriving on Earth. Everyone's peaceful. Um, little Homeworld is um making a name for itself. So like gems that are like that have left Homeworld and have left the Empire are coming to Earth to make a new lives for themselves to like find peaceful ways of doing things. Everything's peaceful now, like the gem empire's completely gone now. Everyone's happy. But now that Steven spent all of his life helping other people their baggage, the main crux of Steven Unif- uh, Universe future this miniseries is that now he's got to learn how to deal with his baggage. So as as the series goes on, St- Steven again, now 2 years old, 2 years older, he's 16 years old at this point basically goes through, like, his own version of, uh, puberty, or, like, gem puberty, as, like, his powers start, like, spiking, he starts swelling, he starts getting new abilities, he can go faster, he makes bigger shields, he starts doing all these things, and, like, he's, it's all tied to, like, his new emotional state, because he's starting to feel, 
lost and useless because he, there's no, nothing for him to do anymore. Like, the happily ever after happened, everyone's helped, everyone's, like, learning how to be their own individuals, and Steven's like, oh, well, I spent all my life helping people, all these people depending on me, I don't know what to do beyond that. Like, Connie's getting ready to go to school, all these gems, like, so well put together now that you don't even need me to run little homeschool anymore. So, like, what's little Steven got to do if he, like, doesn't have anyone to help anymore? And, like, he kind of has a mental collapse almost as a result of that. As, as the series goes on, he starts to really come face to face with the fact that he doesn't know who he is and he's still got a lot of sensitivity over what his mom did in the past and like dealing with the still dealing with um all of that and so he starts to really just break down as he starts to come to grips with his own flaws as, as a person and because he doesn't have a healthy outlet to deal with it he just kind of really lashes in the wrong direction where it's like you see one episode when he starts fighting with jasper and like it's good for him to like harness his anger because he's never been allowed to like be angry before but the thing is he kind of overcorrects and go too far in the own, in that in that direction and starts getting so angry that his power spikes so much that he winds up shattering her fortunately he fixes it but like it's still like a very strong response because again he has no good outlet to deal with this yes he killed someone and managed to fix it but like still killed someone because he had no healthy way to deal with his emotion like feelings of uh, emotional lostness and so and that's what you see throughout this whole series it's like he starts lashing out and being more depressed being more anxious being more frustrated in ways you never saw him be in the in the original series just because he never had a space to be and so and because he's dealing with that now again he's feeling like upset with himself for even having these feelings because he's like oh i'm steven universe i'm the guy that helps people i'm the good boy i shouldn't be having these feelings i shouldn't be able to hurt other people oh man that makes me even feel worse i must be a monster like i'm horrible and then that leads to the finale of course where his powers again a reflection of his subconscious causes him to turn into the monster he thinks he is and it causes everyone and then causes everyone to come together and be like oh okay you know what steven steven doesn't have anyone to be there for him like he was all there for us and we love him for that but now steven needs someone to be there for him as he deals with this and so everyone comes together all the characters that he's helped in the past come together and help him realize no steven you're not a monster you're just a human being or gem like the rest of us you're just a, a flawed human being who's so worthy and deserving of love just as you showed us so please give yourself the grace that you showed all of us and that's like what brings steven down and that's what and that's like the start of steven actually start and by the end of the series he starts seeing seeing steven really lean into his individuality as he decides you know what i'm going to go explore america i'm going to go across the states i'm going to go find my own place i'm going to like meet all these friends that have like moved on i'm going to embrace this change that's happening in my life and i know things are going to work out and so like the series ends with him um uh, yeah again embracing his individuality and just really becoming a person starting to become the person he's meant to be free of the context of any emotional baggage from his own or placed on him by other people that was the recap <laughs> of the show uh uh thank you for watching no, just <laughs> roll credits <laughs> yeah but um but no um and that, th this is where the conversation starts you know because we we gave a little bit overview of, of like what the premise of the story is right but like really we we want to dig deeper into what makes the show so amazing and why we love it so much you know um and uh it, for me is starting with with season one with with the show starting you know mm -hmm. uh we talked that like it kind of starts very silly and more more like fantasy like kind of more like high fantasy mm -hmm. kind of like wow magic like like every, every time you hear about it, it's not like technology or or like uh, these like technology technological advancement no no it's like magical things going mm -hmm. on like there's these monsters that are magical that turn invisible and and all these stuff and and then we have these magical weapons that come out of our gems we're magical people mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um it's seen through the eyes of steven and the whole show is this way it, it, it it's kind of like we're supposed to uh, identify with Steven because everything that happens happens around him uh, and that's one of the things people criticize about the show is that it feels like oh it's very Steven centric because everything develops around him instead of developing on its own mm -hmm. but I feel like that's the whole point I think it's the point is to focus on this 
character. The show is called Steven Universe mm -hmm. and how he deals with the things that are going on around him and how he's able to process something that was delegated to him, maybe not on purpose by his mother. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, and, exactly. And yeah, and, and the, the, the show gets darker and more mature because as we grow up, life gets darker and more mature. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the show starts very simple, very cute, very nice. Like, we have little, like, Steven playing his ukulele all the time and having oh, fun with ukulele. his friends. Yeah. <laughs> and... And we see someone that wants to adventure, like uh, episodes like Giant Woman, like that. That's one of the episodes where we see him kind of like want that sense of adventure or the uh, Temple Beetle as well. Mm -hmm. That episode, it's also that he wants to adventure with his family because he was not like he's not allowed to go with them <laughs> because it's too dangerous. Yes. Uh, according to that. But he's like, no, I'm ready. I can do it. I can, I can make it. Right. And, um, uh, but yeah, we start the show by kind of having that perspective oh, yeah. through Steven. Uh, so he starts as, as a 13 year old boy. And I was in my teens when I started watching. So I was, I was 15, I think, uh, when I started watching. And I was a, I, I have ADHD, so like my brain is uh, like, basically I was the same age as him. I had the same energy. Uh, <laughs> I, I was a little, I was like him. I was always helping other people. I was always being a nice boy, being like a good boy, being the the one helping others, trying to make the world a better place, seeing the magic of the world and just exploring and, and having fun. Uh, that's what the world was to me. And, and uh, my passion of, of creating movies and shows came out from that, from, from wanting to have like that fantasy uh, element in my life. And I, I was able to relate to Steven in that sense of wanting to live that fantasy life, like being in that fantasy uh, in that world, you know? And, and, um, and yeah, as, as we start learning more and more where everything comes from, uh, we really, we really see that growth in him of realizing what the real world is. Mm. And it really dawns on him, I think, in Steven Universe future when he realizes that everyone around him uh, kind of begins to take on their own life mm -hmm. and live on their own thing. And he has to find himself, like you said, like he has to go and now, now that he has helped others, uh, find themselves he needs to also find himself yeah my favorite moment in Steven Universe future like on that fact and I feel like it's a very good like um deconstruction of like a show up until that point because like like you just said like the show has always been around Steven's perspectives like everything the audience learns they learn at the same time as Steven he's a proxy for the audience and like every like flashback every like story that bit of lore that Steven learns it's all told from the perspective of, like someone telling Steven's story so like it's all again all done from Steven's perspective but then there's this moment in Steven Universe feature that I really like that kind of like almost calls Steven out on this or calls it it's out this, the show calls itself out on this where um Steven who up until this point has very much shipped these other two characters these other two friends of his Sar Lars and Sadie and like is very much very tries to like intrude in their upon their relationship and tries to like make them become a couple of things like that but then fast forward all the way to Steven Universe future where Steven finds out that so, Lars and Sadie don't become a couple after all. In fact, they, like, have a good talk and realize, hey, Lars, hey, Sadie, we're not good for each other, but, like, let's end this on amicable terms, like, move on to our own things. And, like, Steven didn't know about this, and Steven's surprised about this, and he's like, wait, how did I, di how did I not hear that about this conversation? How did I not know about this? And S Lars and Sadie are like, because you weren't there for that. And I felt like that's a show wisely saying, this doesn't have to revolve all around you, Steven. Like, we know, like, you've been put, like, people have put so much pressure on you that you've been kind of forced to assume that, like, everything has to revolve around you because you have to help everyone with everyone's baggage. But that doesn't have to be the case. In fact, that should not be the case. Like, you don't have to be the main character. And so, like, it, ironically, he is a main character. But, like, in this moment, he kind of gets called out for, like, assuming he is the main character of these people's lives, which no person should actually do in real life. 
So I love that moment for that reason. It's very interesting because he, uh, we are assuming that in between Steven Universe Future, he spent two years of his life dedicated to freeing the other colonies. Mm -hmm. So that's what we don't see in the show. But he spent two years of his life freeing everybody, like other colonies, other worlds from, uh, from their way of living until now. So a lot of things happened on Earth that he wasn't aware of. A lot of things happened. A lot of conversations were had where he wasn't there. And and like you said, it, it's really put really nicely on that episode where he's literally trying to trap them in in a prism. Mm -hmm. uh, in his prism. In his mm -hmm. prism. Uh, because, like, they are leaving and he wants them to be close to him. Uh, but them telling him, hey, we're still gonna be your friends, but that doesn't mean that we have to spend every moment Mm -hmm. of our lives together we're gonna have our own thing and he lets go you know mm -hmm. uh, uh and that's really interesting i, I really it, it, steven as a whole is a pretty interesting character to study because of that fact that he is very much the focus of the show most of the time we do sometimes shift to scenes where steven is uh steven is uh basically still there but he's like in the background somewhere it's like even even ever since where steven is quote-unquote not there it's like still done for the he's still like the kind of the crux of it like every big flashback episode we see like every episode we see about like um greg and his like his mom and dad it's still all done from like greg start the episode starts with greg deciding to tell steven about the story like everything is like this is all us telling you what happened steven as opposed to the audience themselves just being there and seeing what happened exactly so everything is through him so we get to experience that in our uh, we get to really experience the character so we can do like a dip dive on, on who he is and and how he grew up and all this all this stuff and he gets he goes through a lot of trauma like this yeah. a lot. <laughs> too much trauma actually yeah. it's another thing i another thing i love about this show because i feel like it's good deconstruction of like cartoon cartoon shows especially saturday morning cartoon shows that came before where it's like oh you see the typical trope of like the kid character with all these like um with this superhero team who like who forever they're they're like this kid's authority figures but they keep like dragging this kid and just like all these crazy adventures or sometimes they rely on the kid more than they probably should and like and back in the day it's like oh yeah that's all good fun like yeah it's totally responsible for batman to bring like a 12 year old kid into all these adventures it's totally fine it's totally normal but steven universe is like no, no, let's actually unpack this. Like, yeah, sure, like, this is the main crux of the series, but also at the same time, it's not exactly great for a 12-year-old to deal with all this. And again, like, you see this all come to a head in Steven Universe, where he finally gets to stop and breathe and realize, oh, all these traumatic events that happened in my life, even just in season one, it takes a, it's, would take a lot for a normal person to unpack, and I've never bothered to unpack any of this. Yeah. Honestly, like, that's one of the things that I experienced watching the show, when it got to that moment of Steven realizing, wow, I have trauma, in that same moment, that, that's why it's so cool, because in that same moment, I stepped back, because I have, again, I have always related with Steven, because I am, uh, and, and, and I wanted her to watch the show too, but we are both people pleasers. We have always been, and Steven has has always, like, throughout his childhood, he was a people pleaser. He was there to help others, uh, and, and that that's not a bad thing, you know, but he was there to help others first on expense of his own well-being. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he shouldn't go into a ship to deal with the home world, Mm -hmm. uh, by himself but he jumps into the ship anyway and he mm -hmm. goes deal with that and mm -hmm. uh, on the process one of his friends lars dies <laughs> his he his friend dies right in front of his eyes and thankfully he can revive people apparently like he can have he has the power of reviving someone uh and he finds that out and like and, but like i 
ironically, in a way, even that becomes a crutch, because, like, he causes problem and immediately fixes the problem, but, like, again, the trauma is still there, and, like, he's not been able to unpack it, and, again, that comes ahead, which is why I love that episode where, like, he goes to the hospital, finally, and Connie's mom, Dr. Maheshwaran, is, is like, yeah, it seems like your body's, like, gone all, under, undergone all these physical, physical pain, like, you've gone to have all these fractures, and, like, you immediately fixed yourself, like, it looks like your body immediately fixed itself, but the trauma is still there. Like, you have not actually dealt with this trauma. It's like, yeah, it's great that you brought your friend back to life, but maybe unpack the fact that your friend died first? Exactly. Like, physically, he was healed, but not mentally or emotionally. Yeah. He's still broken. Exactly. And, and the moment he realizes that, I take a step back. I pause the episode. I take a step back. And that I have those same flashes of my childhood mm. all together. And I'm like, I have trauma. <laughs> that has been affecting me for a long time. This was during the pandemic. So I was trapped in my home. <laughs> I was trapped inside of my home. <laughs> to And have had all the time in the world to bring up all these horrible things that happened to me. I'm 100% with you. That episode brought that out of me too. And I I was like, whoa. Mm -hmm. And and it, it really helped me dealt with it. Like, and, and I feel like, and that's why I, I see Steven Universe not just as a show, but as a blessing as well. You know, it's, uh, mm -hmm. it's something that uh, I feel like God works in mysterious ways, like people say. Uh, but um, but it's true. Like I feel like uh, by watching that show, like God, like opened that door to be like, you have to deal with this. Mm. Like this is not helping you grow as a person. This is not helping you help, like actually understand yourself to understand other people, <laughs> you know, like it's not helping you like, and it's, it's hurting you and it's making you worse and worse because I noticed that as Steven universe was dealing with that, I started noticing, Hey, I am having problems making friends. Hey, I am having like a lot of stress about being left alone and behind by all my friends and my family. Mm -hmm. I like, I came to live here in the United States and I left my family. I left my friends mm. and, and I was alone and I truly felt alone. And, and I, and, and that really hit me really. Wow. It's like, mm. boom. So Steven universe kind of opened that door that helped me really, really get through that trauma to, through all that, you know, and it's really interesting. And then she was, she was here for the moment where I called myself a monster. Cause then I started mm. overthinking every single thing. Um, and, and I started thinking, Hey, was I also manipulating other people in my life? Have, have I been, was I the monster all along? Instead of helping people, I've been just, manipulating them to like me or to to be there you know have i really helped other people and and i was like am i just a monster am i just like every time i leave someplace like it seems like people are able to move on with their lives and have a great time am i bad <laughs> so uh she helped me through that <laughs> And, uh, and I, she's also a blessing <laughs> in that sense, but the show really perfectly, like perfectly capsulated my process of maturity. Yeah. And I think that's a beauty of Steven universe. Cause I feel like at the end of the day, one of the main things the show tries to teach people is like, you need to take time to understand yourself because change, change is going to happen no matter what in our lives. But we kind of have, a t we have the potential to make that good change or bad change. And I feel like that tinges on whether or not we take a good emotional, physical and emotional stock of our lives. And I feel like so many of the characters in this series, they have so much trauma and emotional baggage because they never really took time to understand themselves in the wake of all the pain they face. Like, even just down to the diamonds, losing Pink Diamond, so much of what happened to them is just them trying to, like, 
buckle down, white knuckle it, and move forward, and not really time to process themselves or what happened in the wake of losing Pink. And I think it's the same thing for all the all the Crystal Gems in the wake of losing um in the wake of losing Rose Quartz, i.e. Pink, where it's like, okay, we're just gonna buckle down, and do what we need to do because we don't know what else to do otherwise, and they don't really. And because of that, though. They wind up becoming becoming too dependent on Steven in a lot of ways because again they don't really take time to unpack themselves and le learn who they really are. But the thing is, at the same time though, we can't really do that in a vacuum. So like when we take time to learn about ourselves, we have to do that in the context of beloved people who trust us, who are in our who are in our corner, who we let into our corner because they are the ones that can actually put us in the right direction when we do start facing these things about ourselves that we don't like or are afraid of. Because if we do it by ourselves. Yeah, we'll wind up thinking we're a monster. We'll see all these horrible things about ourselves, and that could potentially make us change for the worse, where it's like, oh, well, I've been bad this whole time then, that I guess I might as well be worse. Whereas if you have right the right people with you, they're like, no, 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 no. It's great that you're addressing these bad things about yourself, and it's great that you're facing them, but like, don't assume that's a, that's all there is to you, because we see the great stuff about you too, and we want to remind you of that, and we want to pull pull you out of that. And that's exactly what you see Steven do with like all the hurt gems that he met, like with Lapis and Peridot and the Crystal Gems, and then that's what everyone winds up doing with Steven as well when he goes through the exact same thing. So it's like, you need to... You need to take stock of yourself, but you can't do it in a vacuum. You need to take stock with people you know and trust who love you, who are also taking stock of themselves and relying on you, but not overly depending on you and vice versa. It's like, again, you, get, you can be independent together, like the song goes. And, and take a moment to find yourself. Exactly. Basically, just go, everyone watching this, just listening to this, just like, go listen to the entire soundtrack. There's like so much therapeutic knowledge wisdom in that soundtrack alone that can inspire you so just go do that oh my gosh yes like rebecca sugar is a genius but you mentioned pink diamond and pink diamond is a huge part of of a lot yes it all starts with her yes uh, a lot of things in the show and a lot of debates in real life a lot of anger a lot of mm. everything yeah uh <laughs> And basically, we have we have Pink Diamond, and that we have that uh, we have Rose Quartz, and we have like um, reverse. It's I think it's the first example of a reverse arc because <laughs> we haven't seen that before in other stuff. Like I don't think I've ever seen that in other thing. Not that I can think of off the top of my head, and maybe because it's so rare, that's why there's such vitriol about the character and such heatness about the character because you don't really see characters like that very often yeah because it's a reverse art because I, I think like by the end of the show people just hated rose quartz uh -huh. they just hated her with a passion but i like when you rewatch the show it feels like she came to a good place the only thing yes. that i would the only thing that i would give her is you still forgot Spinell. <laughs> I completely <laughs> forgot about yeah. her. This, that's the only thing I can say. Yeah, that's kind of... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we know that she essentially had a car character arc mm -hmm. and um, became a better person. Yes. You know, not the best, but she became a better person. And I feel like a, I feel like a lot of the series is like people realizing she was not as perfect as they say they are. Because I feel like Rose at the very beginning wasn't even a character. She was just an idealized notion. Like, again, she was a very much like a trope. And like a kind of trope you see like in cartoon shows before. Where it's like, oh, this person that we lost. Everything about this person that we lost. They were so perfect. They were so wonderful. They're like, this, they're this ideal to aspire to. And like, that's pretty. That's romantic. That's nice. But at the same time, that's not very realistic or honest at all. And I feel like, again, that's like what you see. That's what you see all the characters realize as the show goes on. But the thing is, some people, and like realizing that, no, the reality of this character is so much more nuanced than that. But the thing is, some people have a harder time accepting that reality than others. Exactly. Um, yeah, it, it really hinges on that fact of you forgiving her for forgetting about uh about poor spinel <laughs> that's mm -hmm. i think because i think that's her biggest sin i think in the entire thing I, I, she did a lot of bad stuff but yes. it, i think it was justified to a point mm -hmm. 
but Spinel was a, like a bigger thing that she kind of left hanging there. And I think she genuinely forgot. Like, yes. like people don't understand that sometimes you just forget. Yes. And as a person with ADHD, like I can understand that. I genuinely forget about people. Mm-hmm. Like I forget that they exist if I'm not with them for a long time. And we got to remember that Rose Quartz and all these other gems, they live for thousands of years. So again, she was there for thousands of years. She could have forgotten about this person, even if that is horrible. In that time, Pink Diamond only saw her as an object. Yeah. And we got to realize that as well. Right. That sounds horrible, but right. she saw her as an object, as a doll, mm-hmm. as, as, she, as, a, as a play thing, as a toy. As a toy. Yeah. Yep. So leaving, the, leaving her there, she was excited about having her own colony. She went and had her own colony, mm-hmm. you know, and, and she did a, a lot of bad stuff because we know of the diamond, pink diamonds story. We found out a lot about her. Mm-hmm. So we know that she was pretty mean. She was pretty bad. She was pretty like bratty and moody. Mm-hmm. And she, um, she wanted tantrums. Tantrums. She yep. wanted everything to herself, you know, like when she gave it her original pearl. Exactly. So, so she does have a lot of flaws, but it's because she's young. She's very young. Like when, when all that stuff is going down, she's very young. Right. And as the show progresses, uh, or if, as we go backwards yes. to the beginning, <laughs> Uh, we see her as a more mature person. When we see that recording of her uh, uh, with Steven in her belly, she seems so different to mm-hmm. what we saw all the way over here right. about her. And that doesn't mean that Steven needs to accept that. That's the thing. The characters don't need to accept that because they were living with that idolized version of her. The last her last self and they were learning with us. So I understand why they had that a bit of resentment towards her because they didn't know all these things, but Pearl, on the other hand, she was able, she knew, she knew who she was before and who she turned into. And that's why she had these, this huge admiration of her. Like, of course she fell in love with her, but at the same time, she had that admiration because she knew that she, from a tyrant, she became someone that saw her, a pearl, mm-hmm. as an equal. Mm-hmm. Like, she experienced that growth. She she was there to experience that growth in her. So I think Pearl is able to understand more than anyone else the growth that Rose did. And that's why I think she doesn't, you know, at the end of the day, Stephen is the, the most hurt because he didn't know all these things. But, and, and Garnet, as well as her, uh, Amethyst as well is very hurt about it, but Pearl kind of has that nuance that you mentioned mm-hmm. of the character. Yeah. And I love how, again, you like you see this from like at the end of the series, like going backwards. But like I love how that change that you start to see or at least hear about in Pink gets triggered like way back with her original Pearl that they call volleyball, where like she bees, she's like a brat, she's a tantrum with her, and then winds up hurting that Pearl like and doing irreparable damage to that Pearl. And then that's what, and like gets her pearl taken away by White Diamond as a result, and like that's what eventually what triggers the change. And so like by the time our pearl becomes Pink Diamond's pearl, at that point Pink Diamond's already beginning beginning her change, like the beginning of her actual character arc. And then she goes to Earth, her equivalent, basically her equivalent of going to college and rebelling against her parents. And like that's where and that's where the rest of her character development happens. And then that's when we eventually lead to the per, the the rose at the end of her story, i.e. the rose at the beginning of Steven Universe's story, that's where we finally see that rose. Exactly, because when, when uh, we can see it as well in the flashbacks of before, when, 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 when I think Greg was kind of like the last piece of her mm-hmm. uh, becoming a better person, mm-hmm. because I think Greg gave her that perspective of what humanity is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, and that's what she was missing. The importance of because, yeah. Yeah, like that actual like feeling and that actual like humanity of the character came by meeting Greg because in the flashback we see that when she's with Greg, she still kind of sees him as this like, this is like a fun, t- we're playing a game. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> you know, it, we still see her kind of having that thought of, is this a game to you? Like, why Why do you see this as a like game? Borderline sociopathic in a way. Yeah, exactly. But, but it's because she's this grandiose, like, thing. Like, she's this being that came to this planet before humans were even there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like, humans were not even there when she came in. So it's like, seeing them evolve and everything, you know, it, it, it kind of uh, puts her in a, in a higher spot than, than humanity. But, but coming down and actually humbling herself, you know, that's when her true change happens. And I believe that's when you see like the mature Rose at the beginning of the series. Mm -hmm. uh, that is really, really awesome. And yeah, I do love how, and I do love how they make note of how much of a process it was. Cause I remember, I forget what flashback episode it was. Maybe it was Garnet talking about her. Maybe it was Pearl, but like they basically summed it up being like when Rose or Pink went down to earth and like came in contact with humans at first, she was, um, curious about them and that that curiosity turned into fascination and then that fascination turned to admiration and then that admiration eventually turned into love when like she settled down with greg and again this kind of goes back to like what it means for a person to change where it's like a change is a process and again the best way you can change for the better is if you're connected to someone in the middle of that process and so rose eventually got connected to greg and through that process Oh, like she eventually got connected to humanity in general, and through that process of getting connected to humanity, eventually crystallizing in her connection to Greg, that's how she became a better person as a result. And, and that's what truly the show is about, and I feel like people miss the point of it. The show is about change. Like, gosh, we have a lot of songs about it, you know? Mm -hmm. It's about people coming to uh, a, a new set of uh, a new mindset uh, a, yes. a, a paradigm shift yes in who they are as people mm -hmm. and understanding their mistakes and trying to uh fix them but not on their own but as a collective right. as a group as a uh, as a as a team you know um mm -hmm. uh, you you guys over in the overthinkers podcast like you have that conversation of 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 the group you know of, of a society you know of, of a group of people coming together to really raise other people to it's a village you know yes exactly uh, that village mentality of of helping each other you mm -hmm. know and and that's what's beautiful about the show it's that no one is too evil to be forgiven and to be restored exactly no one even even when you are a monster or a tyrant you can still be redeemed and changed into a better person yes 100 percent. and that is what's so beautiful and and i feel like uh, a lot of discourse and a lot of anger began to form in the fan base and the community towards that message because I feel like not a lot of people understand it and somehow like uh, uh, it's so incredible to me that uh, I know that Rebecca Sugar was raised uh, she's, she's not Jewish but she was raised under uh, kind of like this Jewish um, theology that makes sense uh, I read a little bit about it, and she seems to have been raised in a like, kind of like a Jewish theology in her home. So it seems like she has that sense of of like uh, of redemption, of forgiveness, of community mm -hmm. down in herself, you know, because that's what basically the the the, the Torah is, and, and uh, basically the New Testament is uh, as well. But if we're talking about like a Jewish thing. We see a lot of that in the Bible, a lot of forgiveness, a lot of people that are considered like David, all his, all the thing, all his flaws and all the things he did wrong, but he still is forgiven and he still changes. He doesn't do the same mistake again. He's able to change and become a better person uh, as he goes on. So yes. it's really interesting to, to, to see that in, in, in a show. Like it's not common to see 
the villains becoming good. Especially villains that, like, do what the diamonds did. And again, I think that's what people are so up in airs, like, up in arms about. Because I remember, like, seeing videos of people getting mad at Rebecca Sugar for the diamonds being redeemed, since the diamonds were essentially, like, space Nazis and, like, ge genocidal maniacs. And, like, it's fair to, like, be upset over that, but at the same time, it's like... Again, at the end of the day, the show is not... This show's trying to make it clear that it's not about defeating a bad guy, it's about people coming together and connecting. Even who we think are the worst of us are not beyond that. And, like, again, I think back to, like, when people are complaining about the diamonds being redeemed, they're like, oh, we don't want to see the diamonds be redeemed. They, like, killed so many people. We'd rather see Ronaldo get redeemed. We'd rather see Kevin, like, the jerk playboy get redeemed. And, and I just think to myself, wait a minute, those guys are just obnoxious jerks, but they weren't evil. Do you really think, like, they were evil people that need to be redeemed? And we think, and, like, you think the diamonds are, like, so beyond evil that, like, it's not even evil something worse and that can't be redeemed? Because, no, it's all, we're all in the same boat here. And, like, yeah, this show, this show tries to make it clear it's not about defeating the bad guy. Like, they make up abundantly clear with just the ramifications of what we thought uh, Rose Quartz killed Pink Diamond. Because when that quote-unquote bad guy, when Pink Diamond was defeated, there were so many hor horrible ramifications that came from that alone, starting with the Earth getting nuked and all the gems getting corrupted because they because the bad guy uh, uh, because the bad guy lost and the good guys quote-unquote won. Click on the next episode to hear part two of this conversation. <laughs>